Hey, hey, this is DJ Kirkbride. I'm the co-writer of The Once and Future Queen, and you are listening to Ten Pod Radio. Please don't feel me because I know what I want. Please Long ago, in the history of the planet Earth, things were much simpler. Simpler doesn't mean better, but yes, simpler it was. It was in fact so long ago that it was more towards the beginning of the planet's lifespan than the end, and everything has an end in time. This man we're about to talk about, he was living a life, and no, he would not say it was a simple life. This man was called Bran of the Raven Clan by his people. If you place this uncomplicated, hard-working man against other types of people throughout history, he would equally stand beside Appalachian coal miners, Canadian loggers and Siberian farmers and be accepted as one of them. He was ordinary in how he was universal. His people would later be referred to by many names including the Firbolg and the Tuatha de Danann. One of their early triumphs, which became part of their passed-down oral narrative, was an encounter with a spider god that came out of the sky that was so large it blacked out the sun. Fuck you, Brian, for making me talk about giant spiders. Okay, now let's get on with things. The spider god was devouring the people of these lands to feed the birth of its own children, but these commonplace human beings refused to be meals and killed the spider who they found out was no god at all, but a traveller from another reality. The land of Bran's people would in time be known as Ireland, but at this time it was called Lear. Lear, the land of the god killers. That name of god killers died out over time. Just another part of stories told, as these people to their hearts were fishermen and had no desire to be anything else. Bran was the last of his family, a young man pushed to be an adult at a very early age after his whole family, father, mother and older sister, died at sea during a trip to let his sickly sister see the sea she loved so much one more time before she died. He survived the storm which smashed the boat they were travelling on and took him away from his family. And even though he has a great fear of the sea because of what it took from him, he has a place in the clan as one of its best fishermen. On this day, Bran was preparing a boat for an early morning trip out for the winter fishing season. During the winter, the catch is scarce, but to help feed the village, the fishermen venture out in hopes of bringing enough back to feed one more member of the clan, in case they run short of what they'd stored away from the summer season for the harsh winter months. Bran was always the first to the boats each day. He would have everything ready for all three of the village's fishing boats before anyone else arrived. 
On a foggy morning which wiped away the sight of anything except for what was right in front of him, Bran thought he saw, could not have been, but he thought he saw a man walking towards him upon the waters of the beach line. When the man was close enough for Bran to identify him as a stranger to the village, he looked down at the man's feet and saw his boots were dry, so the morning fog must have been playing tricks with his eyes, though there wasn't any sand on them either. A lot of tribes and clans are closed off to strangers, but the Raven clan was open to all people. They welcomed all who were friendly or in need into their lives, and would give their last piece of bread to feed someone they'd never seen before. But as the stranger walked closer to him in the fog, Bran could not understand or fight a deep-rooted hatred of this man within every thread of his person. Just by the sight of him, Bran had something deep within him screaming that this man wasn't a man at all. The stranger was dressed as Bran had been told in childhood stories by his father, the same as the legendary warriors of Ard Roy had dressed right before going into battle. He was wearing body armour that appeared to be made of beaten, tightened and stiffened animal skins. His clothing appeared to be made of the wool of sheep and goat hair, as was the clothing of Bran's people. The wool was dyed a bright colour of red, so dark Bran had never seen before, and the stranger's boots were of a single piece and seemed to be made from elven means as they appeared so perfect in measure of leather. Bran instantly had something from within, something primal, whisper the word death to his soul. He anchored down the last of the boat ropes in case the high winds kicked up like they normally did during the hours of the morning. He tightened up the last of the net bundles and looked back up to find the stranger was now face to face with him, with his hand out to Bran in a friendly greeting. I am Don. I have travelled a long way to meet with you, Bran of the Raven Clan. How do you know me? Are you from a relative clan of ours? No, I know of the tragic events that have been laid upon your shoulders. I have come to offer you guidance and all I ask is your servitude. Servitude is the most you can ask of any man. Are you of royalty, sir? You dress like those of Ardroy? Your father talked a lot about the warriors of Ardroy, didn't he? Do you know why he knew so much about them? Bran looked at the stranger, half wondering about the questions which were just asked to him. He didn't have any sort of answer, which does raise even more questions in his mind. He was wondering also why he had not already put his knife to this man's throat for speaking of his family this soon after their deaths, which is against the traditions of his clan. Your father was a warrior of Ardry. My father was a hunter before his children were born and was a hunter up to the day of his death. And what better occupation is there for an old warrior to take up? Is it not also the hunters of your clan who provide the food for your people as well as being the protectors? My father was a warrior. Bran pulled out his knife, which once belonged to his father, and looked at the blade and then the stranger. Even though he still felt the pull to use it to kill the stranger, the new information he was just given about his father was taken in with such a force of truth that it was almost overwhelming. Does this mean you have come to make me into a warrior also? asked Bran. Nothing so mundane, Bran of the Raven Clan. Bran looked at his blade again, seeing his father's face in the shine of the blade. Then he put it away. As he put the knife away, he felt a calming enter his heart that he hadn't felt since before the death of his family. Don put his arm around Bran, grabbing him by the far shoulder, but now he had a wide, trickster smile on his face. I will make a firm deal offer many years from now. I see you could probably need an extra hand in one of your boats this morning. We could talk more. Bran looked at the stranger with a long face. The long face was filled with thoughts of a lost friend. We are short a hand. Egan of the Fire Clan died of the long fever two days from this day. I know, Don said with a smile that was misplaced for the subject of their conversation. That angered Bran. As Don climbed into the boat, I have been told I'm quite the fisherman of men. But before Bran could reply with the anger he was feeling, the other fishermen of the village started to arrive. They were introduced to the stranger and soon boats were launched in search of fish for the village. This would turn out to be one of the best winter fishing trips anyone in the village could remember. 
but when the subject of the stranger being a good luck charm came up, Don told each one in turn the same thing. That's a new one for me. Still in the past, but later forward in the past, the tomb was located in the lowlands at the bottom of a large group of hills. It was marked by three large standing stones, with one large stone capping them on top. Most of the surrounding areas are Carnogs, which are marshy lands. Within the Carnogs are old bridges, some of them only stretching in a few feet of distance, built for reaching from one dwelling to another without having to tread through the marsh. Those marshes can be full of all kinds of nasty things. A short distance from the tomb, which was the marker for the last of the Raven clan, there sat a larger in scope village which had a new industry instead of fishing to feed their village. The industry of war. The people of this village, a village called Nabia, were blacksmiths for the current king's campaign to hold off an advancing foreign army. Within the village was an old holy man. Not holy in the way you may think, but holy in that he is a teacher of the young, keeper of the town's history, counsel to all who need his words of wisdom, and holy shit he's old holy. He was called Bran. I know, you saw that coming a mile away. It's been many years, many, many, many years since the time when Bran met a stranger named Don on an early winter morning before going out to sea. At this moment, he was sitting in his home writing down the history of his family, the stories of his old village, and the tales of his clan. These chronicles had become his life's work. Putting down truths, and lies, because what was any history of any people without some good lies? On this day, he was thinking of that day of fishing with the stranger, but also the many days that followed. The long years he had lived beyond those of any normal human. He is not a lucky man just because of his long lifespan he'd enjoyed, but from the joy of his young wife and his soon-to-be-born first child. It took him so long to find genuine love, but now he had it. His young wife, Aoife, the youngest daughter of the chief of the village, was barely surviving the pains of labour in the next room from where he was writing. Some had thought she would never find a man who could live up to her standards of what she wanted, but that was before she met him. His mysterious nature and many stories of the past caught her attention like nothing any other man of her time could offer to her. Though some saw her as totally rebellious to what a woman of her time was expected to be in life, she in fact had been trying for years to give her husband a child to continue his bloodline, something that was very important to him. Her cries of a ruthless labour were being heard throughout the village, and between the shouts of his wife and the shouts of the village's midwife, Bran almost didn't notice the sound of his own front door opening, but he did notice, and was stunned by the sight of Don walking in. Don stood by the door for a while before turning to Bran as if he was getting used to his surroundings before getting on with what he was there to do. Bran stood and reached out his hand in a way like he was greeting an old friend he'd not seen in ages. And though time had been very good to Bran's appearance, he could not help but look in wonder at a man who not only did not appear to have aged a day from that time so long ago, but someone who also was wearing the same clothing, in the same manner, as if the wind had not blown a piece of cloth astray, nor a bit of dirt or mud had ever touched any part of its surface from that day. He could even see a few fish scales on Don's boots. Bran grasped the arm of Don in greeting. You come at a joyous time, old friend. My wife Aoife is giving birth now to our firstborn. Don looked towards the bedroom door where loud screams were growing in intensity. Some find it interesting that for the most part we come into the world screaming for our lives and we leave silent for death. He likes it that way. No, not firstborn of Bran. Bran suddenly started thinking about the death and sickness that follow this man's words, actions and appearance and those thoughts turned him around to where the two men were facing each other. What do you mean, bringer of waste? He was now angry at the appearance of this man in his home. Bringer of waste? I've been called worse. Bran, last of the Raven Clan, I have come to make you an offer. An offer I gave to you once years before. I can give you the life of your child, 
but only if you pledge to be the keeper of my secrets and the chronicler of my walks through this world and others. What do you say to this offer? Bran grabbed Don with both hands by his chest piece. Are you a demon or just a harbinger? A demon? Don rolled his eyes. No, I was once part of the heavens that are above all else, but then I joined the fallen. That ancient story, though, has yet to reach your lands. I am here because I know within an hour you have the ability to make a choice that will save your child. You become the keeper of my library and I will grant through the powers of death your son who will be known as Nuada. He will be a man who will have a kingship that will become legendary. Bran looked at this man and once again knew without reasoning that everything this man spoke of and moved towards was a truth so cold it entered his mouth and ached to his back teeth and choked him like having a small spear shoved down his throat. Then with a swiftness that punched him hard in the chest, he heard nothing but silence from the room where screams of birth had been emanating from for the past sixteen previous hours. He let go of Don and closed his eyes, but when he opened them seconds later the man was preoccupied, looking over the book that Bran had been writing, and with a wave of a finger erasing certain passages and another wave of a finger replacing them with even clearer words of storytelling. We hope you've enjoyed this Tan Pod Radio Fiction Audio Production, narrated by Stacy Taylor. You can find Stacy on Twitter at StaceBobT, and her podcast is popcultureparlor.podbean.com. This story is written by Brian C. Williams, edited by Christina Caceres, copyrighted 2017, System Productions.